It's Lights, Camera, Jackson. It's the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Thank you so much for listening. Kung Fu Panda 4. Ooh, the long-running DreamWorks animation franchise continues. It's great. It's a lot of fun, and it's in theaters this Friday, March 8th. Joining me, director Mike Mitchell, co-director Stephanie Mostein, and producer Rebecca Huntley. Hi to all of you. Hello. Hello. Hey, Jackson. Congratulations on the movie. And as I was watching it, Mike, I thought this film embraces the idea of legacy. What was your goal with this when it comes to legacy? Well, it was, uh, I like to call it a love letter to the first Kung Fu Panda. I mean, I think it's the best franchise that this studio has ever created. I mean, it is terrific. And that's not just because Jack Black is so amazing as the, as this, Kung Fu Panda Panda, but um, but it's also because I think it's created the best villains I've ever seen in any animated feature ever. Mm -hmm. And I just love the villains. And so our goal for this one was to really build on the legacy of not just Poe, but all those villains to to try to make the best movie ever. Oh, yeah. There's a lot when it comes to this movie. It's about passing the torch. It's about facing uh, old foes and frenemies. And there's a new partner that Poe has, Jen the Fox. Uh, Stephanie, what layers did you want to explore with Jen in making her this great partner for Poe on this epic journey? Well, um, I, I think we were all very inspired by Poe's relationship with Master Shifu and Kung Fu Panda 1. You know, there was a lot of friction between those two. And, and honestly, it was, it was probably my favorite dynamic. Um, and and uh, we, you know, we wanted to see if we could uh, find someone who could be uh, like, like Poe was for Master Shifu. So who could be that for Poe um, to, you know, to bring that, that really fun and funny you know friction um but it's 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 not just about the comedy of course um she you know as as uh as people will find out when when you watch the movie uh there's there's like so many layers to her and and uh she's she's actually probably one of my favorite characters because you know by the end of the movie you'll 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 sort of understand that that she was one of the sort of battlegrounds um for for Poe versus you know um our 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 antagonist, the chameleon. Um, so it was it was a really a fight for for like for like her and 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 just seeing like who would she turn to, right? Would she turn to the bad side or would she or would she turn to the good side? And that's right. that's just like showcasing the power and 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 influence um, that kindness and and uh, forgiveness that that Poe um, has towards towards everyone. Yeah. I love the dimensions of these characters. The power of these voice performances, Jack Black, Aquafina, Viola Davis voicing the chameleon. So Rebecca, in working with her and crafting this villain, how nasty do you want a villain character to be compared to the others? It's a showcase character, I think, for this franchise, for DreamWorks, for what's the stakes that are involved in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, you know, when... when Viola agreed to do this character. I mean, we were beyond the moon. I mean, it was, you know, what she brings, the power that she brings in her performance, I think puts the chameleon over the top. I mean, she is above all our prior villains. She is so formidable. She is so powerful. And the fact that she 
packs it all into this tiny pint-sized chameleon. She, you know, what you really see in the movie is, right, she could so easily be underestimated. And it's what she's out to prove. And so to see this diminutive villain who people look at and would dismiss, and then you hear the voice and the power of Viola Davis coming out of this character, she is not to be messed with. She really gives Poe, you know, she can pack all the villains into into one and really stand above the rest and really challenge Poe like he's never been challenged before. So we are so thrilled that uh, she is our villain and uh, can't wait for everybody to see what she brings. Yeah, she oh, was yeah. underestimated, just like Poe. Just like Poe in the first film was underestimated. No one thought this portly panda could fight the great Tai Lung, and it's the same with this villain. Like, do not underestimate Viola Davis. Right. And I remember when the first Kung Fu Panda came out and people were thinking, how how big of a box office draw is this going to be? And then it opens to 60 million and does 215 and keeps going and going on. So there you go. Um, some of my favorite moments in the movie, Mike, I have to be honest, involve Tai Lung because yeah. just the way and we're not going to get into spoilers, but the dialogue specifically for him and the deliveries from Ian McShane and the reasons why he does what he does as a fan of the franchise and as a fan of good storytelling, I really like the Tai Lung presence in this. That's so great for you to say, Jackson. I'm so glad you recognize that. Ian McShane, he is hilarious in how evil and confident his acting is. There, I mean, we were laughing at some of his more serious lines because he's so intimidating. He's such a scary presence. And to have Tai Lung back, I just, like I said... I think this franchise really has created the best villains and Tai Long is at the very top. And uh, I, I could be more excited to know that he was coming back in this one. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff for sure. And Stephanie, I had the chance to watch this at home. Thank you, DreamWorks and Universal for the screen link. But for everybody going to see this on the big screen, the artistic focus on the fight sequences. What did you want to accomplish with how these sequences are presented? It's, it's going to be epic for families watching this on the big screen. I think I think audiences all across the world now are so sophisticated and they've they've watched um, so many great fight scenes. Right. So so we, we were constantly asking ourselves, all of us were, were like, how do we top that? How do we top that? <laughs> um, but I think I think what 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 makes each each fight um, you know very very special is is the characters involved like who's fighting who, right? Um, and and to be able to 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 like showcase each character's talent, uh, we we talked to our stunt choreographers um, and and just and just made sure that they understood like what each each character's like life philosophy and and, and like background was. Um, we 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 try to make sure that they knew as much as possible about the characters as like we understood about them so that they could approach their each character's fighting style with with a with a very um unique sort of flavor and and like philosophy um so to be able to film that um each, each fight where where like each character is coming from a very different place uh i, I think i think is what will make every single fight very memorable um yeah. And and I I think I think one of my favorite fights is is, that, is actually the Poe versus Evil Poe fight um, where we where we're really leaning into the GoPro camera um, because we we want to be in Poe's point of view where he's he's uh, he's he's really swept off his feet he doesn't know 
you know, up from down, left from right. And, and the, the sort of GoPro look was really perfect for showing us how, how, how unbalanced he was and just how much the chameleon um, really manipulated him to, uh, to feeling like that. Oh, some standout moments in those sequences for sure. Really great. And, and Rebecca, I like that Kung Fu Panda 3 was big in terms of uh, the fathers, the father dynamic. And now in this one, you give Poe's two fathers this journey of their own and they're teaming up themselves. And I like that. How important was that for you to incorporate this uh, supporting uh, plot line, but very important plot line to the story? Yeah, I mean, absolutely important. I'm glad you see that. You know, it's it's something about you know the way they were in three and and Lee coming into the picture and the dynamic that they had between Mr. Ping and Lee, and now really realizing that you know these are two. Poe has his two dads, and the presence that they have in support of their son. You know, they have two very different personalities, and to see them both show their love towards Poe, you know, seemingly in different ways, but yet they come together and they really respect each other and have an understanding of, you know, how each other fathers, how each other parents, and yet, you know, there's no one right way. And so it's, you know, the journey that they have, you know, much through comedy, but you really see those heartfelt moments and how much they love their son. And, you know, as a parent, we'll do anything to try and protect them and help them. So, you know, it was really important for us to make sure they were part of this story and part of this journey, because as much as we see Poe's journey in this, we also see the dads go through a transformation in their journey. Um, so, you know, and of course, with James Hong and Brian Cranston, you know, you can you can go no wrong. It's it's they're so fun and so fantastic, and they bring so much to uh, the characters in the movie. They are terrific. We got a few minutes left here on the LCJ Q and A podcast talking about Kung Fu Panda Four. It's in theaters this Friday. Mike, for you, has there been a master Shifu in your life when it comes to this animation world? A mentor like that, and do you really see yourselves as a mentor to the next generation of animators with your years of working on big animated films? You'll have to ask the next generation of animators. I can't, <laughs> I can't answer for them, but I will say uh, it's really fun to work at DreamWorks because there's so many uh, excellent artists and directors on campus here. And we're really lucky to, um, I still am learning from those guys, but it seems to be a symbiotic thing where we all help each other on our films. For example, uh, Tom McGrath, who directed uh, all the Madagascars and Boss Baby and Megamind, he is uh, one floor up from us. And we were lucky enough to just pull him down and uh, show him the film and uh, get his advice for certain sequences. Um, similarly, uh, the uh, editor, um, Mike Andrews of uh, the Spider-Verse movies uh, was working here for a few weeks. So we took advantage of that and we pulled him into the editing bay and we asked his opinion. So it's almost like uh, uh, like the mentors, we've got an excess of wonderful mentors here at the studio. It's been great. Beautiful. And Stephanie, some of the great, I mean, there's so many great moments at this, but the, the shape-shifting moments, I think for, for animation fans are going to blow people away how challenging was it to put together a shape-shifting moment and have have the team pull that off? You know, I think that was the greatest technical challenge that that we faced uh, during this entire movie, and and to get it just right, um, 
it, it took it took years <laughs> i will say but but uh you know the combined Literally. minds of like so many genius people working here and then and then and then mike of course um really leading the way and being like like just the right amount of creepy and scary you know um to 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 you know to really highlight like how great of a villain that the chameleon is um th there was a lot of fine tuning with her a lot it was, it was there were so many iterations um but i think i think what we what we came up with is just uh i think she's gonna look iconic i think she's gonna be iconic so um hoping hoping that the world will love her just as much as we do Stephanie yeah. and I, we, we did discuss a lot of horror films, too, from, like, not just werewolf transformation movies, but, like, yeah. Terminator 2 and, like, uh, The Thing. Like, we're always thinking that there's a creepy quality to her changing. Jackson, and I don't know if you noticed, she can change into any form, but she retains her lizard skin, which was really right. huge right. technical challenge yeah. for our effects people. And they just did a fantastic job. Oh, so cool. Quick last question for you, Rebecca. Uh, how many more of these do you want to be a part of? Where do you see the Panda legacy uh, continuing on? How do you see it continuing no on? No spoilers, Rebecca. Don't yeah, no, no spoilers. spoilers, but no spoilers. I mean, I, I believe, you know, this is such an incredible franchise. I, I think it, you know, it can continue for many, many more. I feel like it has so much to offer and I, I truly believe that what we've been able to do with number four, you know, expands the world, you know, even larger and allows it to keep going. So, you know, let's see what uh, what the audience is wanting and, and we'd be happy to provide. Yeah. Hey, Rebecca, would you would you yeah. admit that Jackson can can give away that there is a message at the end of this film that might suggest what the next film would be like? Sure. They're there. Yeah. Right, right before I credits, so. I think there's a suggestion of of of, of what's to come. I don't there want to is. say what it is. There is, and audiences should stay through the whole thing. That's right. Yep. Go see Kung Fu Panda 4 in theaters starting this Friday, March 8th. Thank you to the Kung Fu Panda 4 trio for being here with me on the LCJ q a podcast today. Thanks, Jackson. Thank you. Thank you, Jackson. Thanks, Jackson. Thanks. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For all these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, lights-camera-jackson.com and read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Thanks for listening to the LCJ Q&A.